What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one it's transfer tips for game week 14. So I'm going to go through some of the popular players being moved in and out of our squads and discuss whether they are good moves or not. If you enjoyed the video make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already and let's jump into it. All right, let's start with Brian in Burmo. Nearly 200,000 transfers in already this week. And I think this one's going to be nice and quick to talk about. If you're replacing a midfielder in game week 14 and you've got 7 million to spend, I think in Burmo is by far and away the best option to go for in isolation for everything he offers from an FPL point of view right now. The underlying stats have been great all season. 0.44 expected goals per 90, 0.29 expected assists. He's on penalties. He starts every single match. He pretty much always plays 90 minutes as well. And the upcoming fixtures over the next four game weeks are great too. They've got Luton at home, Brighton away, Sheffield United away, and Villa at home. So there's really everything you could want right now. The only caveat that might apply is, yes, you could go for someone cheaper and then use that, those extra funds to upgrade another position in your squad. That might be better for your individual team. But in isolation, there is no midfielder better for 7 million or below right now. Um, and I think, yeah, if you've got a spare transfer, you should be looking to bring him in. Even with the fixtures they've got, of course, you could handpick a better four, like Luton, Bournemouth, Sheffield United, and Burnley all at home. But I think given what they've got, it, it still looks really good. Like Luton at home is a decent fixture. Brighton away, they've not kept a clean sheet all season. Lewis Dunk is also going to be missing for that match as well. Then they get to play Sheffield United, albeit away. But I don't think that really matters with Sheffield United. And then even Villa at home, I think, is an okay fixture on paper. Villa are obviously doing incredibly well right now. They're in the top four. Unai Emery has been amazing. And I think their attack is really good. But I think their defence can be gotten at. And I don't think Brentford are going to go and score three or four goals. Of course not. But could they get one or two? Absolutely. And if they do and Inverno is involved, that is more than enough. So I would not be worrying about the blank in game week 18. And it's kind of funny because when we get to blank game weeks, a lot of the time you'll hear me say things like, I'm not sure I'm going to go for that player because they're going to blank later on. I just don't want that hassle. And then the replies will be, yeah, but what about the points right now? You're worrying about a blank in a few weeks time. This time it's the opposite. I think there are plenty of points up for grabs over the next four weeks. And then after that blank, even if the double in game week 20 for Man City and Brentford doesn't happen, he's got Wolves at home, Palace away, and then Nottingham Forest at home. Although I think he might miss that Nottingham Forest game because of African Cup of Nations. But even so, for the next kind of, what is that? One, two, three, four, seven game weeks. They got six good fixtures. And he's just a solid FPL option. So yeah, if you want to bring someone in this week, seven million or below, he is the one. It might be boring. Everyone else might be doing it. But I think it's worth it. All right, let's stick to midfielders and talk about Jared Bowen next. He's been transferred out by over 200,000 FPL managers already this week. And I know from looking at my own squad that money is quite tight at the moment. And I'm sure some of you watching and listening to this are feeling the same about your own FPL squad. But if you can, I would chill on transferring out Jared Bowen until you get more information. West Ham have a Europa League game on Thursday, so we'll hit, get an update from David Moyes before that. You'll obviously see if Bowen gets any minutes in that game, either from the start or off the bench. And then hopefully there'll be another update before the Crystal Palace game for the Friday press conference as well so there's lots more information yet to come and i think he's a player that if i already owned i wouldn't be actively trying to use a transfer on him like i'd want to keep him in my squad if he's fully fit obviously if we hear from david Moyes that he's going to be out again then you can think about transferring him out 
But if he's fit and available, he is someone that usually doesn't miss a game and often plays 90 minutes as well. And I think that's the kind of player you want over December. Like between game weeks 14 and 16 and 18 to 20, there's midweek games. Lots of players are going to miss at least one match. Bowen is one of those players that when he's fit and available, just doesn't miss games. And I think that's someone that I'll be looking to keep rather than to sell. Now, obviously, it's a different discussion if you're thinking about buying him. I probably would be put off by that right now. And I think for someone that already owns him, I guess the fact that he has just missed a game through injury should make us a little bit more cautious about the minutes. But if he gets some game time on Thursday, I'd be pretty confident about keeping him unless David Moyes puts any doubts in our mind or anything like that. And when I look at my own midfield, and I'm sure you're bored of hearing about the players I've got in my team, I'm going to talk about them again in team selection tomorrow. But I've got Salah, Son, Saka, and Burmo and Palmer. I don't have any money to upgrade anyway. But I think the next midfielder that I would want in would be Bowen like if I had to replace one of these and I had the money to do it Jared Bowen is probably the next best option like Bruno Fernandes is on four yellow cards right now so is Sterling obviously Rashford isn't exactly doing much to warrant a place in our teams I don't think Martinelli is a better option than Bowen because I think he will probably get a rest at some point um, over the December games obviously you've got players like Gordon obviously Huang took a penalty last night they're all solid options but I think Bowen is the one that I would want out of all of those that's how much I rate him from an FPL um, point of view so I wouldn't be looking to sell him I guess the key question that some people are going to ask is would you sell Jared Bowen to in Burma right let's say you you don't want to sell any of your other midfielders is that a good move I think that if you were buying new right now, let's say you didn't own either of those two players, I would prefer to get in Burmo first. There's no injury concerns at the moment. The next four fixtures are better. But he does have that blank, and Bowen doesn't. So I think over the next five game weeks, it's quite a close call. And again, I think if I had Bowen, I'd be looking to try and keep him. It's a tough one, because I think in Burmo is a great option. right? He's not essential or anything like that, and I would be looking to try and get him in. But if Bowen is fit, I'm not sure I would use a transfer to make that move. I don't hate it and I wouldn't argue against it or anything like that, but I don't think I would do it. So I would look to try and keep hold of Bowen. Obviously, this all goes out the window if Moyes, uh, David Moyes rules him out. But given that I think he was quite close to playing in the last game, hopefully he'll be available this weekend. All right, let's move on to a defender and talk about Matty Cash next. Now, I think at this point, it's not a case of if you sell him. It's a case of when and who for. You don't have to rush out and do it in game week 14. But over the next couple of weeks, I would start to think about a plan for who you're going to move him on to. I don't think he's worth keeping long term. Maybe for those of you that got on at 4.5 or 4.6 million, if you're still confident about his minutes and you're going to bench him in the tougher games, just play him in some of those easier ones, fair enough. But for everyone else, I don't think he's worth keeping hold of. One of the issues is the substitution against Spurs where he and obviously Diaby got hooked at halftime and Villa played much better after that. Now, Cash was on a yellow card and I think there were some concerns that he might get a second one. You obviously don't want to go down to 10 men. But I don't think it's ideal that Villa then played a lot better with Bailey on the pitch. And if you look at the lineup on paper for the game against Spurs, it was a 4-4-2. Now, I know it doesn't work like that when they're actually playing the match. Luca Dean gets forward. They kind of have those three centre-backs, etc. But on paper, it was a 4-4-2. And Matty Cash was essentially right wing. And obviously, you have Konza as the right back. He's kind of tucking in as a right centre-back, etc. Um, so, I think this is a lineup that I have been... I, I was slightly concerned about it in pre-season. 
And then after a few weeks, I stopped worrying about it because there were some players injured and Matty Cash was getting regular minutes. But I do think this is something we will see from Emery more often where they have three centre-backs and it's the player on the left that's more advanced, Luca Dean or Moreno, when he's fully fit. And I think that is a little bit of an issue for Matty Cash. Now, to be fair, Paul Torres and Konza could be the centre-backs. Matty Cash could be the right-back and he could tuck in. But then he's less attacking. And I don't think there's many... Aston Villa clean sheets on the horizon anyway. So I think for most people, like I said, I would probably be looking to get rid of him. I've got him in my team. I'm probably going to bench him this week and then decide what to do in game week 15. But he's not someone I want to hold on to. I'm not worried about the Sheffield United at home game uh, in game week 18 because that's five game weeks away. And I just think there's enough points to be gotten in the short term instead. Now, here's the key question. Who do you buy? And I think defenders are... They are difficult to... There's just not many, like I've said over the last couple of game weeks, that have got really good fixtures for a long period of time and play for good defences and preferably have some attacking returns as well. Like, or, or attacking potential. Like, Saliba is an option if you've got a bit of money to upgrade. They've got Wolves at home and Luton away. But then the next three fixtures afterwards are quite difficult for clean sheets. It's Villa away, Brighton at home, Liverpool away. Now, Villa... Def uh, sorry, Arsenal defence is so good. They might get one clean sheet over those three games. And I think Saliba is a great long-term hold. So I think if you're going to go for someone, he's probably the one. But I do think it's quite... I think the clean sheet potential is good in the very short term and not necessarily the medium term. But given that he plays for such a good defence, he's nailed on, the fixtures long-term are good, he is definitely someone that I would look at. Outside of that, it's tricky. Like, I like Porro, but you're not going to buy him for... Man City away. You're going to look to get him next week. Fabian Cher is probably someone I've said before. I think is a little bit overlooked because he's nailed on. He's only 5.2 million, so he's a close price to what cash is. Man United at home this week. Newcastle are strong at home. Spurs, uh, sorry, Everton away. Spurs away is not ideal, but could Newcastle get one or two clean sheets over the next three? Maybe not two, but one is possible. And then the fixtures between 17 and 19 are Fulham at home, Luton away, which is in the blank game week 18. And then Forrest at home. So I think Cher looks pretty good. Reese James obviously suspended, so you can't buy him either. I think you've probably missed the boat on Man United defenders. Oh, Newcastle away, Chelsea at home next two is not good. They've also got Liverpool away in game week 17. West Ham away in 18. I just wouldn't go there. I like Kyle Walker. I think he's a good option for the Man City double. He's played 90 minutes every single game, but they've got Spurs at home this week, then Villa away next week. You kind of get the point I'm trying to make. It's difficult to... As much as I think Cash is a good player to sell, there's not a huge amount of standout options. So I guess it depends. You're going to have to look at your own team and decide which uh, game weeks you need to have a defender for and then look at who's got a good fixture that week and decide who you don't have. Arsenal defenders, I think, are easy if you've not already... Um, got them pinnock is a player i'll just leave it on this pinnock is a player that a lot of people are going to be looking at now i don't hate that shout obviously you need to keep in mind how many players you've got already that aren't going to play in game week 18 so a lot of people after this week are going to have harland and in Burmo. so if you buy pinnock that's your third outfield player that's not going to play in game week 18 so if you're not wild carding in 19 or free hitting in game week 18 that is your bench filled. So you can't then buy... Well, you can buy another Brentford or Man City player, but that's going to cause you issues down the line. So just be careful about that. But if you look at the fixtures that Brentford have got, Lewin at home, pretty decent. Brighton away is tough, but Sheffield United away is not that bad. And then Villa, at least it's a home game in 17. Then after the blank, it's Wolves at home, not bad. Palace away, not bad. Uh, Forest at home, not bad either. So I would say that maybe one, two, 
five games between 14 and 21 are pretty decent for Brentford. So I don't mind Pinnock either. But yeah, it's, I guess I talked about this yesterday. It's not necessarily about who you want to sell. It's about who you want to buy. And I think cash is a good sell right now. The difficulty is deciding who to buy in defence. Let me know in the comments below, by the way. Who do you think are the standout options? And are, are there any players that I've missed? So one defender that I did miss out was Zinchenko, who's had over 100,000 transfers in this week. And for good reason, right? People are trying to get a piece of that Arsenal defence. Zinchenko's done very well over the last four game weeks. And I think more generally, we can probably all agree that Arsenal are a top two, top three defence in the Premier League. The fixtures are pretty good long term. I've already discussed that tricky period between 16 to 18 but in general i think most people should be looking to have at least one arsenal defender i think they're a really good option for the next couple of game weeks especially the key question is is inchenko at 5 million worth the slight risk over saliba at 5.5 or could you just get gabriel for 4.9 million on a side note before i get into that I'm not sure whether I'd be doubling up on the Arsenal defence right now. And I do say that as someone that does have both Gabriel and Saliba. But I've had it for a couple of weeks already. So I got the Burnley game and the Brentford game last week. And I'll obviously keep them for Wolves and Luton. But I think a lot of people that have double up on Arsenal defence will look to get rid of one between gaming 16 and 18. I'm not sure whether they'll both be held on to. I'm not completely against it because as I discussed with Matty Cash... The defenders you're looking to bring in is not really a standout option. So if you wanted to double up on Arsenal still, fair enough. But I'm not quite sure I'd be looking to do it now. If you don't do it by game week 14, I definitely wouldn't do it in 15. Because I say three of the next four after Wolves are just not great. Anyway, that's a side note. Let's talk about Zinchenko. I think there's an argument to be made that when he, Saliba, Gabriel and Ben White all start... Zinchenko might be the best option if they're all going to go and get 90 minutes. I think he's the most likely to get you an attack and return. Now, he is more skewed towards getting an assist. If Saliba or Gabriel get you a return, it's almost certainly going to be a goal. But along with the assist, you also get bonus points as well. Zinchenko is pretty good for that. So there is that argument. It's all about the minutes, really. And I don't, he's, de he's not as nailed on as Saliba, right? Everyone can agree that Saliba is the most nailed Arsenal defender. But I don't think Zinchenko will miss too many games. And the good thing with him is he'll usually play the easier matches because he's much better in build-up than someone like Tommy Asu. Tommy Asu is more likely to come in for a game like Liverpool away because they'll want him for his defensive capabilities against someone like Salah. If you didn't have Zinchenko for Liverpool away, would that be a big issue? Probably not. The only thing to factor in is that they play Liverpool in game week 18. That's a blank game week for Brentford and Man City. If you've got three of the players from those two teams... You kind of want Zinchenko to play, even though it's a more difficult fixture. But generally, I quite like him. I just think for a lot of FPL managers, there's going to be that frustration once he gets benched. And it could happen, right? I don't think it happens against Wolves. It probably doesn't happen against Luton either. But remember, that is a midweek fixture. And then between game weeks 18 and 20, you've got another one as well. So in game week 18, they got the Liverpool game. Tommy Asu probably plays that. So Zinchenko will probably get West Ham on the Thursday, five days later. But will he also play Fulham away on the 31st? They might bring Tommy Asu in. So that is the kind of problem with him. And I just think if you've got the money, you go to Saliba, even for that 0.5, just to have those certainty of starts. If it's between Gabriel and Zinchenko, the conversation's a lot closer. I've got Gabriel, so maybe I'm a bit biased towards him. And he is a little bit cheaper. I think that Gabriel will start more games from now... 
I don't know. I don't know how long the period has to be. Is it like 10, 15 weeks? Are you even going to keep the Arsenal defender that long? I think over the next six weeks, I think it'd be quite close. I think Gabriel and Zinchenko could maybe both miss just one game. If it goes to 12 weeks, I think Zinchenko might miss a second one. I'm not sure whether Gabriel definitely will. Will that one game make so much of a difference? Probably not. When Zinchenko's on the pitch, he's probably more likely to get your return, like I've said. And also, I think he's quite... I haven't checked this before I record it, but he's quite good for bonus. He's already got nine bonus so far this season. Gabriel has hopefully less... Yeah, two. So he is much better for bonus points. And Saliba has... Where is he here? I'm trying to look over my mic. Saliba has five. So Zinchenko has played the least amount of minutes, I think, out of all of them. Uh, how many minutes has he had? 753. And Gabriel's played, yeah, 834. So Zinchenko's definitely the best for Byronis as well. So, yeah, if I was buying now, if I didn't have the money for Saliba, I think I would go to Zinchenko over Gabriel, though it's quite close. But if I had the money, I would definitely buy Saliba. He's the one. And he's also the one that I won't want to sell when we get to 16 because I know I'm going to want to buy him back. So, yeah, the double up could be tricky, but Saliba is definitely the one if you've got the money. Zinchenko, 5 million. I like him. I think he starts... He definitely starts Wolves. I don't know about Luton, but if he does, he's great. I don't know. This is the problem. If you don't need these headaches, or you've already got a couple of players you're not sure about, maybe Zinchenko's not the one. But if the rest of your team looks pretty good, he could be worth the risk. The only... La sorry, last thing I forgot to mention, which I haven't checked. Yeah, this is, this is my only slight issue is if he doesn't start, he probably will come on. Like, he didn't start against Newcastle when he came on for 17 minutes. So you have got that chance of getting a zero or a one-point cameo. He's not like a Gabriel. If he misses out, he's probably not going to come off the bench so you get your sub on. It's not going to happen with Zinchenko, but maybe he'll get enough points without it doesn't matter. So I think he's a good option for 5 million. I just think there are some risks with him that you should know. All right, let's talk about Isaac. Back fit after the international break. Started against Chelsea as well and got a goal, of course. Now, I did say before the game week 13 deadline i'd be a bit cautious about him i did think he would start but i wasn't sure about his minutes so i was quite encouraged i would say to see that he did play 80 minutes in that match given that he had been injured i think there's a small part of that is because of the options that newcastle had on the bench but ultimately if he wasn't able to play that long they would have brought him off earlier so that's a good sign for anyone thinking about bringing him in just hold off right now because he is playing in the Champions League tonight against PSG and that is a big game. So presumably he'll start. So make sure that he comes through that unscathed before you before you transfer him into your FPL team. Otherwise, my general opinion of him has not really changed too much than what I said before the Chelsea game. Apart from the fact he got eight minutes, like I said, I do think that's encouraging. The fixtures for an attacker for Newcastle on paper are pretty good. They're very strong at home. They're going to cause Man United a lot of problems. If he starts that game, I'm almost certain he'll get an attack and return. Everton away is not bad. Spurs away at the moment is probably okay as well. And then you've got Fulham at home, Luton away, Forest at home. So overall, next six game weeks, I think things look good for Newcastle. And Isaac's ability to return when he gets minutes is not in question right we all think he's a great player i guess it's just a case of how many games will he get and i think or, or sorry it's not that i think we haven't heard officially how long callum wilson might be out for but there's rumors going around that it could be like four to six weeks that he's going to be out for a while so Isaac is going to get a lot of game time but i do it's just a part of me that thinks he can surely start weekend midweek weekend continuously at some point they're going to have to manage him either with early substitutions or by not starting him in the odd game and playing someone like gordon up front instead but i do think he's so good that if he's going to get like i don't know one rest over the next four games 
that might not be the end of the world. If we look at the fixtures and the kind of rest periods between them, so the PSG game is tonight on Tuesday. They don't play Man United till Saturday, so that's probably enough rest. Then they don't play Everton until Thursday either. So the gate, the the rest times between PSG, Man United, and Everton are pretty good. But then they play Spurs away on the Sunday, so that is a quick turnaround. Then it's another Champions League game on the Wednesday, so it is quite a congested period for Newcastle. And even later than that, after they play AC Milan, they got Fulham at home on the 16th, so another three days later, and then another three days after that, they've got. Chelsea away in the EFL Cup now we don't know how seriously he's going to take that match and it might be that because they've not got Wilson and they've not got many opportunities to rest these at that he does get managed around that time but will it be for the Premier League or will it be in the cup games I just can't tell you that and a lot will probably depend on the result against PSG tonight so I think overall I would just say that Isaac is fantastic you don't need me to tell you that but there are some risks, and that might be worth just going for him anyway. I think it all depends on who you're selling as well. Like, if you're selling Watkins, I think Watkins is probably going to start every single one in the next six games. We don't really have any concerns about that. But there is a price difference. And so that extra, what is, let me just check what Watkins is right now. He is 8.5. Obviously, depending on when you bought him will depend on your selling price. But I can sell him for 8.3. So there's nearly a 1 million difference that might be the money you need to make a really good defensive mood or an, uh, move or an upgrading your midfield or something like that. That could be worth it. But if it's just a straight-up choice between Watkins or Isaac, I would obviously just hold on to Watkins. There's no need to make that transfer at the moment. If you've got someone like Alvarez and you're just sick of him and he's going to blank in game week 18 anyway, then I think going for a punt on Isaac cannot be too much worse than what Alvarez has done recently. And who knows, even Alvarez might miss a game over the next six games or something like that. So I, I guess in general, I'm quite positive about Izat because he'll be on penalties with uh, Wilson out. He's running at 0.83 expected goals per 90, which is ridiculous. I'm not sure he can keep that up over a whole season if he played every game, but the numbers are still going to be great anyway. So yeah, I'm quite positive about him. I just think it depends who you're selling. Like if you had Darwin Nunez, he's got three great fixtures, right? It's Fulham at home. Sheffield United away, Palace away. You're not going to sell him to Isaac. So it depends which forward you're getting rid of. Alvarez, fair enough. Watkins, I would probably only do if you need the money. All right, let's finish by talking about Moussa Diaby for Aston Villa. Now, as I mentioned when I was talking about Matty Cash earlier, Diaby also got hooked at halftime against Spurs, which isn't ideal if you're an owner and probably does put some doubts in your mind moving forward. I'm not sure that I would panic too much. I don't think it's ideal that, again, Villa played quite well after those substitutions were made. But Diaby is not a player that we think is going to play 90 minutes every single week anyway. Even the week before against Fulham, he came off in the 61st minute. He did play 90 against Nottingham Forest the week before, 89 against Lou and 84 against West Ham. But it was only 61 against Wolves. I think that was back after the injury that he picked up at the end of the Brighton game. But even going back to game week two, right, 63 minutes against Everton, 72 against Burnley. He does start every game week and he does usually get pretty good minutes. But he's not a 90-minute man anyway. So the substitution, not ideal in that particular game week if you owned him. But I don't think it would be a massive concern for me moving forward. But I'm also not sure he's someone that you should be thinking about keeping long-term anyway. Like Man City at home and Arsenal at home. Villa will cause them problems, but they're not great fixtures on paper. I think it's perfectly reasonable to hold someone like Watkins. But with Diaby, there are quite a few other midfield options. Although those options are dwindling a little bit. 
Then Brentford away is okay in 17. Obviously, Sheffield United at home in 18 is pretty good. I think, generally, you probably just give him Bournemouth away this week and then reassess. Obviously, it depends on who you don't own. Some of you will be thinking about doing Diaby to in Burma. I think that's a great transfer. But outside of that, unless you've got money to upgrade to someone else or Bowen is fit, etc., there's not a huge amount of players that I think are like essential to bring in this week. Like if we think about the fixtures that are on and the and the midfielders you could go for at his price point or below, you've probably got Anthony Gordon. Like is Gordon against Man United much better than Diaby away to Bournemouth? I mean, Gordon probably is slightly better this week, but is it worth a transfer? Probably not. Um, Chelsea obviously got players like Palmer. I mean, I think he's pretty great going forward. I think he enables a lot in the rest of your squad, and Brighton is a good fixture. But again, if I've got one free transfer, do I feel like Diaby to Palmer is a must-do move this week? I mean, it's okay, right? And you might need that money moving forward, but I don't think you need to do it. You could just roll and then just make a similar move in game week 15, have an extra game week's worth of information, and then decide how to spread that money around. And obviously, Jared Bowen's more expensive. We don't know if he's fit. Eze could be an option, but we don't know if he's fit either. And also with Crystal Palace anyway, even if Eze was fully fit, I don't think it's the right time to buy him. You've already missed a couple of the good fixtures. He's got West Ham away and Bournemouth at home, which is okay, for sure. Then it's Liverpool, City, Brighton, Chelsea. So I don't think it's the right time to buy him. So I think Diaby... I think he's a bit like Matty Cash. I think in the long run, he's probably someone that I would like to move on if I owned him. But I don't think there's necessarily a rush to do it this week. I also think there's less reason to sell Diaby than there is Cash this week because I think there's a genuine chance, depending on the minutes in, in the European match on Thursday, that Cash might not start. I don't, I don't think it's a guarantee, but the doubts would be in my mind because of how they set up against Spurs in that 4-4-2. Like Cash playing right wing... Sounds great from an FPL point of view, but I don't think he's got that position nailed down, right? So that's the problem. I'd rather he was playing as a right back a bit more attacking where you knew he was going to start every week. So I've got a few more doubts about Matty Cash, whereas I think Diaby probably will start against Bournemouth. It's just how many minutes will he get? And we've seen over the last couple, Unai Emery's not afraid to get rid of him. Uh, sorry, get rid of him, to substitute him, right? So yeah, I think you can probably keep him for Bournemouth, but if you've got the money to go to in Burma, I think that is a great transfer if you've enjoyed that video make sure to give it a like hit subscribe make sure to rate five stars if you listen on podcast uh, and uh, what else was i gonna say i think that's about it I've, I've i don't know i've done this for years now and i still forget what i'm supposed to say at the end of videos i'm sure there was something anyway there's plenty more videos to come this week so i'll mention it in that if it was important it probably wasn't but yeah hopefully you've enjoyed that and i'll catch you again tomorrow sports social podcast network